0: Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. The Tucson Festival of Books is going to be different this year. Uh, as was so much this past year, the Festival of Books is going to be virtual. And my guests today are Lynn Weezy Sneed and Hector Tobar. Lynn Weezy Sneed is a literary consultant for the Tucson Festival of Books and the owner of LWS Literary Services, an agency focusing on editing and publicity for authors. She has written numerous books, including the award-winning memoirs The Horse Lover and Cowboy Up, both co-authored with Alan Day. Last June, the writing team launched the Cowboy Up podcast, which airs on Apple and Spotify. Hector Tobar is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and novelist, He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Deep Down Dark, as well as The Barbarian Nurseries, Translation Nation, and The Tattooed Soldier. Tobar is also a contributing writer for the New York Times Opinion Page and an associate professor at the University of California, Irvine. He has written for The New Yorker, The Los Angeles Times, and other publications. His short fiction has appeared in Best American Short Stories L.A. Noir, Z-Y-Z-Z-Y-V-A, and <laughs> Slate. The son of Guatemalan immigrants, he is a native of Los Angeles, where he lives with his family. His new novel is The Last Great Road Bum. He will be in discussion at the festival with festival favorite Luis Alberto Urrea and moderator Ernesto Portillo on Sunday, March 7th at 1 p.m. Welcome. Thank you, Amanda. Thank
1: you very much. Thanks for having us. It
0: really is very exciting to be having a festival of books uh, this year. Last year, it had to be canceled. And so uh, it just feels really great to be bringing that back.
2: I agree. Uh, We were pretty disappointed when the festival was canceled and 350 authors couldn't make it into Tucson. So um, it was actually starting in April that we began hosting virtual events, not sure where everything was going, but every Tuesday publishers release books and authors want to get out there and we wanted to be able to keep our, our fans in the loop of what was happening. So we had a number of months to practice virtual events and kind of figure out what we were doing and um. This year we have 169 authors and 96 sessions, some of which, most of them will be live. A few have been pre recorded. So uh, so
0: the festival continues on. And how do people participate in the festival? Uh, how do they see the sessions and find out who's coming? Well, the,
2: the best thing to do is go to the website, TucsonFestivalBooks.org, and the first thing you'll see is a a tab to pre-register and it's not mandatory, but uh, it will save time the weekend of the festival if you can pre-register. We do all our events on a platform called Crowdcast and there's a little video on the website instructing you how to register on Crowdcast. And it's really easy. You just put in your email, create a a password and in you go. Everything's free. Um and the the weekend of the festival, when you log in, you'll land on the main stage, the virtual main stage, and that is your stopping ground. So you watch a session um, and the session ends, and you go back to the main stage, and then you can see another session. And and the navigation is um well, it's amazing not being a total tech person. It just floors me what what's been done. And uh it
0: it should be pretty easy to navigate. Tell us about the kickoff for the festival this year.
2: Well, that's uh that's different. Uh usually we have an evening on Friday, a dinner. It's our our sponsorship gala dinner and Um, About a thousand people attend and we invite maybe 100 authors, but this year, anyone can attend Um, and it starts at 530. Um, Scott Simon is the host of the evening. And Lisa C. will be joining us. She's receiving our Founders Award. Every year we award an author a Founders Award. Past recipients have been Richard Russo, Elmore Leonard, J.A. Jantz. So we're really excited to give Lisa her award. And then Billy Collins, the poet, will be with us reading. And um, it should be uh, just a, a lovely evening, again, Anyone can attend. We already have 900 people signed up. There's no limit on attendance. So we're really happy that we can share this with with festival lovers in Tucson and and around the country. And we often get uh, on our virtual events attendees from other countries.
0: You know, I want to hear more about the festival before we finish the conversation. But we do have... Uh, There's noteworthy author, Hector Tobar, and I want to bring you into the conversation too, Hector.
1: Well, it's a great honor to be invited to be um, to the Tucson Festival of Books, um, just with so many wonderful authors, and to get a chance uh, to meet readers from all over the world uh, via the the Tucson uh, site.
0: I agree. One of the great things about the festival is the joy of discovery. They're seeing old favorites and uh, to me this is my discovery of you although you do have uh, you have an illustrious career uh, as a journalist and an author and an educator.
1: Yeah I've been blessed you know um, I'm from a a family of uh, Guatemalan immigrants. Um, I was born in Los Angeles but my parents came from uh, from Central America and um, just working class family my my father worked um, in val- as a valet growing up. Um, worked in hotels when I was growing up. Um, my mother was a, a cashier and a secretary, uh, and my grand- my grandmother was illiterate. And I grew up to become a writer. And um, you know I've been writing books for oh uh, maybe about thirty years now. And, uh just uh been seeing the world i've had my books translated into 15 languages and met readers uh who've read um, my books from all different walks of life and um you know i i never i didn't know growing up that writing was a profession i grew up uh you know wanting to become a doctor or a lawyer because my father told me those were the professions that paid the best and had the most prestige and i had never even met a published writer until uh, you know i was in my early 20s. Um, and, and to now have a, a lifetime as an author, uh, traveling the world, writing books, um, working as a journalist, uh, it's just been a it's been a, a, a blessing, a gift, a gift that I owe uh, to a lot of different kinds of people who've helped make the, um, you know, the culture of books, um, and, and to keep it alive.
0: Tell us a bit, little bit more about your most recent book, The Last Great Road Bum. It's getting a lot of accolades.
1: Well, thank you. Um, yeah, th- this is my third novel, my fifth book, and it tells the story of a true person. Uh, his name was Joe Sanderson. He grew up in a college town, uh, you know, like a, maybe a little bit like Tucson, except in the Midwest, um, in Urbana, Illinois. And uh, he um, lived in the In Urbana in the 1950s and 60s. Um, In 1960, he dropped out of college and decided to spend the rest of his life traveling the world uh, as a road bum, as he called it back then, sort of in the tradition of uh, you know um, of on the road and Kerouac. He decides to go out and um, and and head out across across the world. Then he ends up traveling through you know 60 70 countries. Um, you know, surviving by his wits, um, and and writing letters home to his mother. A man who's trying to write a novel by living his life like a character in a novel, because uh, that's what Joe did. Joe tried to uh, tried to write novels while he was traveling. He um, he went to Nigeria during its civil war in the nineteen sixties. Uh, he went to Vietnam um, not long after the Tet Offensive. He went to Vietnam. And, um, and then, you know, tried to write novels about his experiences traveling. And eventually, in real life, he ends up in El Salvador in the 1980s and talked his way into a guerrilla army. So Joe Sanderson um, became one of the few Americans. He's this five foot eleven, you know, blonde, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy who ends up fighting with the Salvadoran Marxist guerrillas um, in the Civil War. He died in battle in 1982, but when he died, he had uh, in his backpack, he had the notes that he had taken for this novel he wanted to write. And so I essentially wrote his novel uh, for him. I wrote a novel about his life, and it was just a tremendous, wonderful experience because I got to circle the world with Joe and to become Joe and to become the people that he knew. And, And I wrote this novel because my family's from Central America, Joe gave his life for the liberation of the people of Central America. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, I have to say, it's a totally fun read. It's a crazy journey. It's filled with all kinds of details of what the world was like in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, when it was totally cool to be an American traveling the world. And especially if you were a really handsome guy, like Joe Sanderson who had many loves uh, along the way after the novels published. I I was published last year. I've received many uh, emails from his former girlfriends (laughs) telling me more episodes of Joe's life, who apparently was quite the, uh, you know, quite the uh, paramour, uh, you know, uh, to, to his, to these women, friends of his.
0: Hector Tobar, how did you happen to find his writings?
1: Well, I was uh, at one time the Mexico City bureau chief of the Los Angeles Times, and part of my responsibility was to write about Central America. And, um, and I had a, a researcher um, in in San Salvador who would call me every couple of weeks with story ideas, and one day he called me and told me, hey, Hector, there's this museum now to the revolution uh, in San Salvador. It's called El Museo de la Palabra y la Imagen. And they have um, they have this notebook that this American guy left, you know. And they they haven't really sort of been able to read it because not only is it in English, but it's also kind of somebody's personal diary, you know. And he's an American, and it has all these sort of weird stuff in it. Would you take a look at it? And so I took a look at it, and when I read it, I thought, Oh my God, this is like a blonde Che Guevara, because you know Che Guevara was this Argentine backpacker who talked his way into the Cuban Revolution and ends up, you know, leading a guerrilla army and that's sort of what Joe did. And I thought, man, if this isn't a book, then nothing is. And I investigated further. I wrote via email to his brother, his surviving brother who lived at that time in South Carolina. We exchanged emails and I find I found out that Joe had this whole other story. It wasn't just that he had gone to El Salvador, but he had also um he had also been around the world in search of adventure and it was um you know, and, and that's how the book project started. So, yeah, I started this book uh, in, in 2007 and I completed it um, in 2021. So that's 13 years, um, 13 years of work that it was sort of part of my life, although I also completed two other books, um, my novel, The Barbarian Nurseries, and my book on the Chilean miners, Deep Down Dark, which became a movie called The 33 Star Antonio Banderas. But that's not even the longest I've spent working on a book because I spent, you know, 16 years Uh, from the time that I finished the first draft of my novel, um, The Barbarian Nurseries, until it finally came to print, um, you know, 16 years later. So, you know, time flies when you're writing a book. Thank
0: you. You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My guests today are author, journalist Hector Tobar, and with the Festival of Books, we have Lynn Weezy Sneed. Hector, how has the pandemic been influencing you and
1: your work? Well, you know, like for the rest of uh, civilization, it's been a time to reflect and to be close to family. Um, it's been wonderful uh, to be here at home in Los Angeles uh, with uh, with my family. I also happen to have a fellowship uh, with Harvard University. But this this fellowship is now <laughs> taking place inside uh, my home in Los Angeles. So I've been working on another book, and just had time to reflect on you know on on all that's happened. I mean, we all sort of went through first of all the initial shock of the pandemic, you know, the shortages, and then the George Floyd uh, incident, which you know I think really exploded in part because we were in a pandemic, and we were all had this sort of time to reflect. Um, You know, I went on tour with a book uh, that the tour has taken place entirely virtually because I had a book. My my book novel came out uh, last fall um, or early fall, late summer. And so to tour the world uh, virtually has been fun. You know, I really miss, though, the contact with the readers, you know, signing books for for readers and getting to shake their hands and take pictures with them is a wonderful part of, uh, of the author experience, even if you just meet a few, <laughs> you know, um, and so that has been a little bit hard, uh, but it's been a very productive time, very productive, uh, I'm I've deep into my next book, book project, and, um, but really, really anxious to get back out there into the world uh, with, with readers.
0: Hector Tobar, are you willing to let us know what you're working on now?
1: Well, you know, I have this Harvard fellowship um, with uh, the Radcliffe Institute at Harvard, and I'm writing a book about uh, that it actually touches on something that is important to the people there in Tucson, which is what it means to be Latino in the time that we're living through a time of, of, of a lot of intolerance and a lot of anger uh, towards um, Mexican immigrants, especially. And so, you know, we live in this time of people being caged as as migrants and of of just hor- hateful rhetoric, you know, that has reached into the White House even. So what does it mean to be a Latino person growing up, you know, uh, in, in that situation? What how does it change the way you think about yourself and the way you look at yourself? And um, and and that's what I'm tackling um, in this book. Um, you know, I've spent a whole career uh, interviewing people and especially interviewing Latino people. Um, because I'm a son of immigrants, I learned Spanish um, growing up as a kid, um, but I didn't really learn to read in Spanish and speak fluently until I was an adult. And so, um, you know, being able to sort of interview people and tell their stories, and now I'm trying to write a story that sort of, excuse me, write a book that pulls together basically um, the insights gathered from 20 to 30 years of writing about the Latino experience.
0: Were there any surprises for you in as you're working on this?
1: Um, you know, every every book, every book moves forward and becomes a work of art based on the surprises that you encounter when you tackle it, okay? So I wrote a book on the Chilean miners um, that actually did very well. It was on the <laughs> New York Times bestseller list and uh, a lot of people read it. And that book, for me, the great surprise was finding these guys who had been married underground and, and finding out that their story wasn't really an adventure story as much as it was a love story. Uh, it was the, the story of these guys trapped in a mine who they were rescued after 69, 69 days. It was really a story about how their country loved them and how they loved. They loved the people and their families, you know, uh, so much and wanted to return to them. Um, the book, my book about Joe Sanderson is really a book about this seeming adventure story of a man who goes to die in a guerrilla war is really the story of a man and his relationship with his mother because Joe wrote his books and wrote his letters uh, to his mother, right? Uh, And so that's why The Last Great Road Bum is an adventure story that has been, um, that that has become, became for me a love story. I I didn't expect that. And so with my book about, uh, about Latino identity, to me, it's really a book about the United States and about what it means to be an American And about the way in which everywhere you go in the United States, there are so many different ethnic and um, individual histories that intersect with one another. I mean, you see this is in place uh, like Tucson, right? Uh, Tucson, one of the older uh, cities, um, you know, uh, from the Spanish Empire in the United States, right? Uh, A city where so many Native and Indigenous histories intersect with Mexican and United States history. And the history is all the European peoples. You know, who migrated to the southwest you know, uh, of all different kinds of groups. And so to me that's really been the wonderful part of this experience uh, of the book I'm currently writing is seeing the way in which we're basically all living um, this experience where all of our lives are threaded together and how they influence them. Part of what my book takes on is a, an essay I wrote for The New Yorker about how i found I found out, um, when I was already like in my forties and fifties, that as growing up, I had lived next door to James Earl Ray, the assassin of Martin Luther King. And as I began to explore more of my childhood, I realized that I also had had grown up next uh, with a um, my godfather who was African-American, who had actually been a civil rights leader in Memphis, uh, a, a young civil rights leader, a teenage civil rights leader in Memphis. And so, so for me, the surprise of writing about Latino identity is how much uh, our, our story is in, intermingles and interacts with all of these different strands of American history.
0: You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson, speaking with author and journalist Hector Tobar. And also in the room with us is Lynn Weezy Snead. She's from the Tucson Festival of Books and has uh, more information for us on how to enjoy the festival, how to participate in the festival, and I'm guessing how to support the festival.
2: Right. Um, there's a lot beyond uh, author sessions at the festival this year amanda as there always is um we managed to put together an indie author pavilion which features 60 authors and um that is uh on the website you can go there and it's kind of cool because you can click on the link to the indie author and then you go to their website and you can see um, see their books, you can purchase their books. There's also an exhibitor um, marketplace with 60 exhibitors and those exhibitors uh, are listed now and uh, the events that are occurring, in their lives are posted each week and have been for the past couple of weeks, and then that will continue through March 26th. So, these all the events that are uh, hosted by the festival will be accessible through March. And so, uh, if you want, if you miss Hector and Luis on Sunday. Um, at 1 p.m. you can catch them through the month of March just by going to the website, which is, which obviously is something new that we haven't done in the past. I think it's really cool. Um, and like I said, there's 96 sessions. So those will be all available. Um, and then for teachers, uh, we have an amazing children and teen section that's run by Kathy Short at the University of Arizona And um, there are 14 sessions, children's sessions, and teachers can get continuing education by signing up, listening on Crowdcast. Crowdcast confirms their participation, and then they can uh, register to get those continuing education credits. Um, So, And some of those events are interactive for kids. And then we also have... uh, a few cooking demonstrations. Usually we have the stage, the culinary stage with the, the wolf uh, uh, stove and, and um, ingredients provided by local vendors this year. It will be virtual, but there's, you know, for all the culinary fans, there's something there still.
0: In general, the Tucson Festival of Books kicks off Friday, March 5th, but you can still partake in, Activities now and all year round, and then there'll be uh, a slate of authors and demonstrations on March sixth and seventh. And Hector Tavar will be joining Luis Alberto Urea and Ernesto Portillo uh, on Sunday, March seventh at one p.m. But if you do happen to miss it, it's great to know that you can uh, see it or even see it again.
2: Yeah, another thing the festival has been able to do you know every year this will be our 13th annual festival and all the proceeds have always gone to support literacy and we've given two million dollars to date and even this year we have been able to contribute to literacy organizations Um, our sponsors our three main sponsors are tucson medical center university of arizona bookstore and the arizona daily star and they have been very supportive And uh, we have a strong friends of the festival who support us and um, usually 2000 volunteers. Now this year we haven't needed 2000 volunteers, but we have had tech people come out to help support. And um, it's just, it's amazing to see how we transitioned uh, to a virtual festival and and how much love there is for the festival to keep it going.
0: Hector Tobard, what remarks would you like to make?
1: Well, well, first of all, I think uh, as a segue from, our, uh, from, from uh, what Lynn was saying here, I, I want to say just uh, thank you to the people who put this book festival and all book festivals together, and especially during this time of a pandemic. You know, uh, in our country, um, we have a, a really robust literary culture uh, in terms of the number of books published, But there really aren't that many outlets for you to get your books, uh, you know, in the hands of readers and and for authors to sort of, you know, meet each other and hang out and hang out with readers. And so thank you so much to everyone putting together the Tucson uh, Book Festival. uh, because it's, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a treasure. and Every community that has a book festival festival should really, should really treasure it.
0: It's something I didn't even know I was missing in my life until it started. And after my first one, I was definitely hooked.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you never know who you're going to encounter. Very often you hear about, you know, writers that you whose work you don't know very well and you hear them speak and you realize uh, that there's something in their work that, that really speaks to you. So Uh, I would encourage everybody to attend and and see what uh, wonderful things you discover and what wonderful writers and ideas you discover.
2: Yeah, I've always thought it's been fun at the festival just to, if you have a plan to go see a writer, for instance, and that that room is full, you go to a different room and then you discover uh, these gems, these authors who you may not have heard about and learn about their work. And that's always been one of the, the highlights of the festival. And of course, now that we're virtual, that can happen. You know, every day you could log into the festival and watch a new author and and learn about that person's work, and I think that's pretty neat.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to say, either of you?
1: Well, I'd like to say that um, I have um, spent um, many decades uh, as a journalist and writer, and um, and I, it's just a privilege to be published and to and to be able to partake in a, an event like the Tucson uh, Festival of Books um you know i know from my experience writing books that people read them because they love stories um because they want to find out you know some something new but also because they love language and you know i'm from a a family that wasn't very well off and went to very sometimes poor public schools in Southern California and yet managed to get an education and managed to find a way to um, embrace and develop my love of language. So, um, you know, please support our authors, support books. Uh, books have been a, a wonderful way to get through this pandemic. I've read many great books during <laughs> during this past year, and I've tried to even write another one myself. So, um so thanks for, for attending and thanks for, for for supporting the culture of books, because when you do that, you're really supporting one of the great things about being a human being.
0: We'll have to leave it there. My guests today were Lynn Wheezy Sneed and Hector Tobar. Lynn Wheezy Sneed is the literary consultant for the Tucson Festival of Books, and you can find out everything you need to know about the Tucson Festival of Books at tucsonfestivalofbooks.org. Hector Tobar is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and novelist, and you can find out more about his work at HectorTobar.com. He'll be in discussion with Luis Alberto Urrea and moderator Ernesto Portillo on Sunday, March 7th at 1 p.m. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org. There you can subscribe to the podcast and find our social media.